Hello there, fellow Star Wars fans. This is your host, David, a.k.a. Yoda Bricklander, and you're listening to The Trench Run Report. Here with me are my fellow co-hosts. Uh, Justin Gray, standing by. Aaron Russo, standing by. All right, and so Sean is not standing by with us this evening. Either his X-Wing is not working to fly over here, or he has to babysit his kids, one or the other. But either way, he sent over a recording that we are going to insert into the podcast so we can get his thoughts as well. And today we're going to be discussing uh, the episode 8 of Bad Batch uh, called Reunion. Oh no, watch out, spoilers are coming. Um, So just to give kind of a quick recap of it, um, the episode starts back up on Braca um, and Wrecker's teaching Omega how to disarm and work with explosives. Um, Pretty funny scene, Um, works into them figuring out what they should do as far as money and getting stuff from the Jedi Jedi cruiser uh, whether they should have gone with Rex or continue to do what they're doing to pay their, off their debt with Sid and in the middle of that uh, Crosshair shows up with a bunch of now stormtroopers they get into this big big fight <clears throat> kind of throughout the, the area uh, Crosshair ends up getting hurt and then Cad Bane shows up and to sum it up, he takes Omega because he's been hired by the Kaminoans to bring her back. And then that's where our episode ends. All right, so now what we're going to do is we're going to play Sean's uh, audio recording and we'll see what he got out of the episode. All right. Well, I thought this was an amazing episode. I would say it's my my top one or two. Um Maybe for maybe my top overall, just because it's fresh. It's hard to say between episode one and this episode. It was fantastic. I loved every minute of it, every second of it. Um, I'll just, in no particular order, um, some of the shots were just so great. So one of the opening shots with Crosshair's crew um, on Camino, they, they just look so cool in those like gray slate colored uniforms. I just love that so much. Um, there's a similar shot when they land, when Crosshair's team lands and they're getting off the shuttles with the backlights and they're all in a rows and just looks so, so cool. Um, I love the planet Bracca they're on so much. Uh, just Again, they had all those great shots there with the graveyard. Um, they had a good moment you know, with Wrecker and, uh, and Omega training and learning. Uh, she's uh, definitely not a Mary Sue. I'm glad that they're probably taking some of that feedback that they're getting and you know, using that to show actual character development in these characters, especially the kid characters. It's funny how Omega's following a similar arc, it seems, with the fans as Ahsoka did, uh, where everyone found her quite obnoxious early on, um, and then she really grew on everyone. And thankfully, it's taking less time with that than it did with Ahsoka, but she's already growing. I don't know if they toned her down over uh, a little bit at the beginning, she would, maybe it was a little over the top, um, but she's definitely growing on us all, growing on me. Uh, she was a little bit obnoxious, um, but I think she's going to be something to reckon with, and I'm interested to see if they're going to include her in the future with like a time jump and age her or something, um, because you know they could do that, and it would just be interesting to see where that goes. Um, anyway, so some of the other shots that I thought were awesome were when they blow up the engine or the you know, the engine exhaust port in, in a ring there, and it just, you know, blows up and kind of falls sideways and falls down, and just all of that was just really, really cool looking. And then, of course, the kind of gunslinger showdown at the end 
between Cad Bane and Hunter. Um, it was just everything about that was so great with the Western, the music, the look, the twitching of the fingers, the um, the angles, the close-ups of the, you know, the hip shots and all this. It was just, it was really fun um, throwback to uh, the fact that Star Wars is kind of a Western um, in space and as far as a theme, like the spaghetti Western idea. And that came out really strong in Mandalorian and he had a chance to play it out here, uh, Dave Filoni. Um, and as we talked about, uh, for those of us who viewed it with me, um, we pulled up the, the unfinished cut from Clone Wars footage where Cad Bane and Boba Fett have a showdown and it shows how Boba Fett gets hit the dent in his helmet and it's the downfall of Cad Bane. And they were able to, uh, use a lot of the same framing and shots with that sequence and re kind of recanonize it or finish it in this show, which was really cool. And then I wonder, yeah, if they're going to take that final fate where are they going to connect Cad Bane and Boba Fett at any point in this show or Boba Fett show um, and finish that arc and formally kill off Cad Bane on screen uh, in the same way, or they'll, will there be some kind of twist on it? Right. Um, is what I have. Um, and then the final, uh, the final shot that just was awesome to see was, Hunter's point of view when he woke up after getting shot, um, the HUD heads-up display just uh, reminded me of uh, of uh, Star Wars uh, commander or commandos, right? The the Force clone commandos. Um, that video game was like you know Star Wars's version of Halo. Uh, it was just it was fun. I think they were intentionally giving us a, a nod to that game, which is kind of cool to see. Um, so. I, again, I love Wrecker in this show, in this episode. He's just hilarious to me. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, hugging the bombs, and he's kissing the bomb, and he carries it around like a pet, and then he just throws it at the one trooper just willy-nilly, and then he's carrying around that box of explosives the whole time, and then they use it, and he's just, he's so funny and just so so one-dimensional, but in a good way. Like, it's just, he's so endearing, and I, I, I'll hate it when he goes, if he dies, I will just hate that. Um, he's very endearing. Um a big cliffhanger obviously we don't know uh i don't think omega knows that hunter is alive i think she thinks he's dead which is horrible um but obviously you know hunter knows they stole her they took her but they don't know where she is uh, exactly they know who took her um so this episode really sets the stakes for the rest of this season um this was like quite a mid-season finale um if there was a hiatus this would be like agonizing to wait thankfully it seems like it's just going to keep running every week but it's basically a three-way chase is on so we have the empire is after the bad batch bad batch is after cad bane and every other bounty hunter is after cad bane slash omega because they all know that Cam the kaminoans need omega or any of the other members i suppose uh for whatever cam uh whatever camino needs so it's quite a horse race uh at this point and that's that's going to be really fun to watch um there at the beginning uh, or near the beginning, tech downloads some data from the uh, from the the cruiser bridge, and I think that'll come into play later. I think it's it'd be really interesting and cool to see what they could do with that that data, um, what they could show with that. The other interesting thing to think about: Crosshair sustained some injuries. Um, I thought in the moment that his chip was getting messed up or that he would like lose part of his head um, from that ion blast um and even just an ion blast in general i think would screw up electronics like a chip so and it maybe did but like he definitely he got pretty fried um in that 
moment and his uh, injuries at the end, he, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but he really looked like Dengar, the bounty hunter. He had the head wraps exactly the same with like the face mask and just one eye open and the, the bandage on his head and his arm in a sling. And I'm just like, man, are they going to like, are they going to make him become Dengar or is he going to, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's something there or if that was just, it's just coincidence, but that was kind of interesting to me. Um, but I am curious to know if what happened to him makes him more or less inhibited. Um, cause I guess it could go the other way where an ion blast would enhance it even further. He seemed to be even more filled with kind of malice. Um, but that just might be the conflict in him. Um, and maybe there's like a, de- <clears throat> a delayed effect in the chip going away, but I would just, yeah, love to see crosshair become redeemed, um, through, if not through a, you know, removal of the chip, but it would be cool if the chip malfunctions at the right time, at the right moment, and he can come kind of save the day, even if it's to sacrifice himself. I would love to see that. Um, so, yeah, I think we're headed for a showdown back in Camino somehow. Um, I I love, I love kind of like being in this place if I have no idea what's going to happen next or where they're going to go other than they need to get her. Um, I think it was interesting early on. I think it was Echo and Hunter were talking um, when they were walking uh, about the, the encounter with Captain Rex last time. And uh, Hunter was like, well, he's on his own path now. That's why we didn't go with him. We need money. And Echo was like, well, he's a soldier and we're a soldier. So but kind of we're all in the same, we all have the same aim, the same team. We're all, we have the same ends, same mission. And I wonder if that, I wonder if Hunter's now, <laughs> probably not, definitely now he's rethinking like, man, why why didn't I at least bring that to the group of like, Hey guys, what do you want to do? Do you want to go with Rex and whatever he's going to do? Or do you want to keep doing what we're doing? Cause they're just kind of doing up until they lost Omega, the, they're just kind of scrappers. Basically they're, they're just trying to be simple guys making their way in the galaxy, raise some money and do question mark. Who knows what? Um, and they were kind of lost. So they have a purpose now, but it's, unfortunately it's to recover one of their own, um, which they already kind of had that with the crosshair, but this is even more urgent with Omega. So those are some of my thoughts. I would rate this one 9.5, perhaps 10 out of 10. I think, like I said, I think those maybe I'm, I'm waiting to see how the other eight shake out, but I'm pretty sure, um, this is in my top three so far, and it may stay that way if another one, um, nudges out the previous episode. So now we're going to just quick dive into likes and dislikes so justin why don't you kick it off all righty um well as far as likes go um i really like the beginning uh where uh records teaching omega how to disarm the uh uh detonator um which at first i thought like when she didn't get it and then they had to run for it i'm like oh wow he really like seriously let her do it with the live round but that was kind of put to rest, like when it was just a smoke bomb, and he was like, uh, "I wouldn't let you do it with a regular one. We're not crazy." <laughs> um, almost everything that Wrecker has done has has like led me to beg to differ. But then uh, I also liked the um, scene where where they captured the scrappers and then discussed not what to do and. Uh, uh, I also like that scene like where they go into the cruiser and then they turn the power on and they see all the um, stuff that they could uh, uh, take and use for uh, money 
And uh, I also kind of like that question that Omega asks uh, Tech about, like, what was the war like? And he already... He uh, d- he described it as it was. It was an event where uh, where where the galaxy was separated, and they were kind of the ones that kind of took control of it of the situation. And um, and then she was like, "No, what was it really, really like?" And, and like Tech wasn't really able to describe to Omega like how it felt because he's more of a person that bases life on facts and not feelings and i th- thought and i thought that was a really cool uh character dive um into tech that we didn't really get to see um what other things to like um i i liked i like i like some of the shots that they did with crosshair and the um and the empire uh, showing that there's like a transition between the republic and the empire with that shot and i think it captured it perfectly um, and I also thought that the, uh, engine, uh, plan was a very clever one, how they, like, split the, like, sh- um, outer shell of the engine. To, that was pretty clever. Yeah, to ride off of, that was really cool. Um, and, uh, can't, like, I don't think anyone has guessed... Cad Bane being being uh, brought back into the show at all, like mm-hmm. no one, like, like we've seen like so many speculations and like none of them had had Cad Bane in it, and I thought it was kind of cool that they did do that. I, I absolutely adore it when Star Wars does something that hasn't been speculated and kind of comes out of the left field, but it feels right at the same time. So. um and I and I thought it was kind of cool that they kind of left on a cliffhanger like that. Um, I don't think we've had it that since. Uh, I, honestly, I think since Grogu, since Grogu with the Mandalorian season two. Oh, when so, yeah, when the dark troopers grabbed them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and as far as dislikes, I. Hmm. I don't really think I have any that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, maybe, maybe there was, uh, uh, no, actually, no, I don't, I don't think I can think of any right off the top of my head. And plus like the one that I'm thinking of, I think Aaron can cover it better than I can. So, alrighty. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I guess, I, obviously, I think this is one of those episodes where there's way more to like than dislike. So really hard to, to, to focus on dislikes. But what did I like about it? Um, obviously, I thought the thing that I just enjoyed the most was how this was the first episode where all the storylines started to come back together. So we spent some time on Camino, We spent some time with Crosshair. We spent some time with the Imperials. We spent some time with the, with the Bad Batch when they were still just on their own. And I just really enjoyed how they paid off like the time that we spent away from Crosshair and away from the Empire and they and they brought it all back together in a very powerful way. Like kind of builds that anticipation. Yeah, well like and they paid it off. Like it was really like, you know, like when when I mean we kinda knew, you know, when the Scrapper Guild reported back to 
somebody at the end of the previous episode that we're probably going to get that. Um, but I just think that everything about how they brought all the storylines back together just really, I, I mean, it felt more like the beginning of the season where everything's firing on all cylinders again. Uh, obviously loved the Cad Bane, the whole Cad Bane thing, just from purely just bringing that character back, mm-hmm. which I think visually he's just so like unique and cool and distinctive. And so, you know, like the whole like space cowboy alien robot, like he's just super cool. And I love how thick they laid on the whole Western, like they but, didn't hold back at all with that. They just went full blown like Western shootout, and I just thought that was just great. Uh, and they and they 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 hit that that whole scene was just done like almost perfectly. Um, from from the moment that you see Cad Bane to the moment that he stuns Omega, um, and I think that also was just something I really liked is that they this this was the first episode where you really were like oh crap, like what's going to happen next, right? Like Omega being captured is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. I also really enjoyed the visuals. Like I think this whole, like the things they do with Braca and the things they do with the ships and creating that sense of scale, like how big these ships are and how you can be walking around in them, you know, like kind of, I loved how that was part of the beginning of Force Awakens. One of my favorite sequences was, those scenes of Ray like scavenging on an Imperial Star Destroyer is so oh, yeah. cool. Um, so I love that. Anytime they do that, I just love that way of handling like those ships. Um, and yeah, I just loved. I love the. I love how they just kept crosshair, full blown, like total like devil trooper. He's like, like they're pleading with him, and he's like, shoot the kid. Like that. That was that. I like that. Like they're just like, no, nothing good here. You know, like he's full blown like dialed up inhibitor chip crazy and mm-hmm. he's he wants to kill the kid um so just it was just a great episode all around um very entertaining um dislikes i actually was a little bit <laughs> the whole scene with omega at the beginning it was one of those moments where i was like is that supposed to be funny because like you just literally scared the living crap out of that kid that kid thought she was gonna die and then he's like, it's a smoke bomb. <laughs> and I was like, is that funny? It's like, what? <laughs> like, like, like that would, if, if you saw that in real life, like if <laughs> you would be like, what are you doing? Like you're crazy. <laughs> and I mean, I think it pays off. I mean, like, I think it, it fits with like Wrecker, the character of Wrecker, who's just like kind of reckless, kind of crazy, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. kind of silly. Um, and they've played that, that character that relationship between wrecker and omega perfectly like but i guess that was my only thing was that at, that's the way it started and i was i was like legitimately like what are you doing like that's not like like you might do that with like another one of your clone trooper buddies but not with like a nine-year-old <laughs> like make them think they're about to die and then be like just kidding get it right or this is it yeah <laughs> i was just kidding you know um but um yeah a lot to love Great episode. That's my only maybe time that I was like a little thrown off, but otherwise it was, it was great. Yeah. So for me, uh, I'll just start off with that scene. I watched the episode uh, early Friday morning before going to work with my roommate and we both, that scene just like 
hit home. We just looked at each other and were like, that's totally us. Because we'll do stuff like that when we're out doing airsoft. Throw a grenade at each other. Be like, see if he notices if I pulled the pin or not. Or stuff like that. And the fact that Wrecker's like, all right, figure it out. Ten, nine, better hurry, six. <laughs> that just, it was just hilarious for me. Um, and the fact that my roommate was there. Because I do pull that stuff on him all the time. Like with live grenades? Oh, in airsoft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, 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 we'll even pull pranks on each other in the apartment sometimes. It's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> we'll don't, do don't invite me over when you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a heads up. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Like my favorite thing to do with them is we used to play Call of Duty a lot. And you can use the bouncing Bettys. And it, it, it would literally scare them out of the chair when those would go off. So it's, it's an explosive that pops up out of the ground and then explodes. <clears throat> and because he never sees it coming, when it pops up and just goes boom, it like, it, he'd jump out of the chair. <laughs> so he, he blames me for his PTSD. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so <clears throat> for me, I, I just I love that scene. It was just hilarious. Um, and how it continued on through the episode. Like when they were going through the ship and the power's out. And then Wrecker's like, oh, look at these. And then the, the proton missiles, he goes, right. and he starts kissing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lights come on, and Tech's like, lights are back on. And then Wrecker's going to tear the door open, and Omega grabs his arm, hits the button, and then the door opens. <laughs> Just their relationship is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then the, the scene with the, the scrappers, when Wrecker tries to pull down their little speeder or aircraft, and <laughs> when they messaging the hunter he's like wrecker says he's got it under control the tech's like well that's not comforting <laughs> i look at my roommate he, and he's like he just nods he goes that's anytime i tell you to do something <laughs> so the whole episode was just, just there's just so much fun in it which is great it's good to see they fully bring back cool characters like cad bane also have great character development and then throw in humor and it fits mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and I really, I, I love the conversation that continues through this episode of what path they should take, whether it's go down the route with Sid and do jobs for her, stay under the radar, or there's go the route with Rex and continue to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's going to continue throughout the whole episode, and it's really interesting to see how they don't know their place in the galaxy since the war war ended right and then that omega I, asking I was, I was i was thinking about that a lot this episode too like how because like part of me like because like for us as the viewers like for me as the viewer like knowing all the characters knowing all the stories i'd be like well duh go with rex i mean like join the rebellion duh right mm-hmm. like and so a part of me would question like why aren't you just going with rex because like he's like no they're we have our own path like your path sucks right now like it's really not great right it's not working out for you yeah but but i have to remember like for them it's like they don't know what rex is talking about like they are kind of just like well i don't know what he's what he's referring to um and and they literally have just kind of are still like almost like recovered they haven't had a chance to really stop and think about it they keep ending up in these situations and now before they can choose a side, Omega's gone, and so now yep. that's that's that becomes their mission, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, that is an interesting storyline. Like, because like I'm personally like, you know, go just go with Rex, right? We're all thinking that, mm-hmm. but 
they've got to figure it out on their own time. And I think eventually that's, that's, there's too many places that they've kind of said that that's where they're going to go. It, it makes it show they... so much more interesting than, oh, join the rebellion, fight the empire. Right. It's like what, like most, most of the, then it just turns into like a different version of rebels or something like that. Right. Where this is like, in, they're adding so much interest into the show. It's like, what, where, what are they going to do? Right. And it's, and it parallels how the empire is trying, kind of creating this dilemma about whether they should use clones or recruits. Right. So yep. like, mm-hmm. and the Kaminoans are, caught in the middle of that excuse me so all of that like just i mean like we've mentioned this before like it's so cool to see them tell this story in against the backdrop of the transition from the republic to the empire right and from the separatists and and all that to the to the empire and and how that's fitting in and and i mean we it's it's one of the things that's really cool about it is that and Dave Filoni is so good at doing this. It's like, it's, we already know the ending, but it's still interesting. Like season seven of Clone Wars, we absolutely know the ending. We know Maul's not going to succeed. We know, you know, but still super interesting. And that's, that's just a tribute to his storytelling, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <clears throat> the other, other things that I, I really liked about the episode was Wrecker when he just footballs that proton torpedo <laughs> <laughs> into the trooper <laughs> with the flamethrower. <laughs> Yeah, that guy is gone. <laughs> I Wrecker, Wrecker is just he's he's like they have like taken they have just perfectly like he's so consistently the way he is mm-hmm. and it's always just funny. Like there's it even is. like like the ways that he just like like he, he had a line in the episode where he, they're like where he's like he's like this is our only egress he's like I don't even know what that means <laughs> like, yeah, like like he's just so like funny the way he's like he's like like when he's like well pull this out he's like no 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 just tell me what to rip out you know like that, it's, it's, it's like uh, when they were doing the test on Camino so I watched this, I watched the episode with my roommate too and he he had, he has marine background so he brings all that into airsoft so that the vert that scene where Hunters doing this hand signals. Right. And Rekker's like, oh, I hate hand signals. And Tech's like, well, maybe if you memorize them. He goes, why don't you memorize them? I already have. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the banter back and forth. It's just, it's hilarious. Yeah, and they and the way they make him, he's just consistently like, like he just survives by his, his brute strength and his recklessness. And like, mm-hmm. it totally saves the day every time. But it's like... He's always getting, the poor guy's like a total punching bag too. Like he's just always getting thrown around and tossed and slammed up against things. And it's hilarious. Wrecker versus Heights. Yeah. It's like, it's a total like Indiana Jones thing. like, you know, the snakes. It's like, it's like the, like the scene when uh, Tex trying to explain how the, the engines work. And then Wrecker's like, who cares? Keep moving. Right. I love that. I love how they play like Wrecker's like, total like brainlessness off of his like useless information that you don't really actually need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's hilarious the, the other thing well other than you know Cad Bane showing up um, that I, I really really liked was a scene when Hunter comes back to consciousness after being shot where that scene is in his oh, helmet yeah. from like the heads up display that's such a cool shot yeah it's almost like you're you're in a video game like the um, Clone Commando games, yeah, Republic Commando, and, yeah, yeah, Republic Commando, and you're yeah. seeing it from his view. It just adds such a whole another element to it. 
Yeah. Which is just, I think it's amazing. Yep. So, yeah, those are my likes. Don't really have any dislikes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to find anything wrong with this episode. Um, yeah, I kind of <coughs> found my dislike um, with uh, Echo t- uh, asking Hunter, why didn't they just go with Rex? And uh, Yeah. I, 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 they, they did kind of make it feel a bit unclear. And plus, uh, and plus as you said, uh, their path sucks right now. So. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that line in episode one where Anakin's trying to convince his mom to go with him. And she's like, my future is here. My, my path is here. And I'm like, you're a slave. Like, what? Like how is this, like, convincingly where you should stay? I mean, that's a nice way than saying, if I leave, I'll blow up. <laughs> that's, she Good didn't point. mention that. And but, they'll blow you up. But I think, I think the, how rude. The, the fact that they don't buy, like, that they don't go with him or that they is... I have to remind myself, like, they don't know what we know, right? Like, they're just, like, you know... Although I would just say, like, heck, let's go with Rex. I mean, he's our buddy, right? But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it, it feels kind of like, duh, shouldn't you go with him? But that's not the place that they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's move into theories and predictions. So we'll turn the table over to you, Justin. Um, I was going to say, I don't really have that much as far as theories go, but, uh, the theory that I, that just came up in my head is that, um, the Kaminoans are going to use the inhibitor chips to their advantage, turn on the empire, and then the empire will have no choice but to wipe out the clones. And then they'll say like, see, see, this is why clones are defective because if the people that are making the clones for us are not going to cooperate with us and will actually turn our main source of power against us, then we can't have that happen again. Um, that's uh, all I got for uh, theories this time. All right, Aaron, what you got? Um, man, I'm really... Uh, the, the capturing of Omega here at the end, really, uh, I didn't see that coming. Um, I think it's great. Um, but it really... So I think I think ultimately this may not be much of a theory or prediction. I think it's pretty obvious that um, I think that we're going back to Camino, not right away, but eventually, and that's kind of I think where everything is going to go down, like where the where things are going to get resolved, most likely. Um, I don't know. I think I think that uh, a lot of theory or predictions here for me hinges on whether Omega is force sensitive or not. If Omega is force sensitive, then I think that this season, if assuming it's the only season or regardless, there's somehow Omega, if she's a force sensitive clone, or if they're going to, maybe they're going to introduce that as like, they want to get her back and start experimenting with that with her to make it like something more appealing to the empire. And that that's somehow going to tie into eventually Palpatine and his, his cloning uh, projects. Um, If Omega is not force sensitive, then I think it's maybe just more a closed storyline where it's like the Kaminoans, because the Kaminoans are fighting for their, you know, you know, lives in terms of their, their business. And so they view Omega as just, you know, property to reclaim for, you know, intellectual property for scientific purposes. Um, 
I think the Kaminoans are going to be obliterated. I think some by, by the time the series is over, whether it's one season or not, the Kaminoans are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't show up anywhere in the original trilogy or the anything else, um, except for uh, Pershing um, or Legends. Um, but <laughs> I do think that I do think that uh, one thing I will say is I I don't think. Uh, I think for Crosshair, um, as much as I would, I, I think they will do a redemption for him because it is the chip that's that's doing that for him. I really hope that it's it's not something where he. I hope it's something that happens at the end. Like I want it to be something where it's like at the absolute end, after he does so many terrible things, the chip gets turned off and he does one last heroic thing and then done. I don't know if I want to see him like you know come back and join the bad batch or whatever um i don't know i I, i'm tempted to predict that the whole bad batch if this is only a one season run that they all die um like a rogue one style thing but i'm not sure yet i think someone's gonna die probably wrecker poor guy but who knows i think you're both on (coughs) a pretty accurate path um because I had mentioned last time when we went through theories of the Clone Revolt, Vader, Boba, and like the Legends aspect of it. And I, I feel it's going to be kind of like how you're talking, Aaron, with Crosshair being redeemed. And his last act is squaring off with Vader to try to save the rest of the Bad Batch. Hmm. Mm. That would be intense. So and then I think, it, I don't think we're going to see him die. I think it's going to be very much the same way they did it with Vader and Ahsoka on Malachor, where it's going to shut off as hunters, maybe, maybe Hunter and Tech are trying to drag off um, Wrecker from you know, being really beat up by Vader. Right. And then the door just closes, then they just jump to hyperspace and disappear. <clears throat> I think that, will, that would be an epic ending and very heart-tearing. Um, because we all know what happens when you square off the Vader. It's just, right. You, you don't, don't walk win. away. Right. Unless, of course, you're Ezra Bridger and he pulls you through time. But that's a different <laughs> rant. <laughs> um, the the only other theory that theory or prediction that I'm kind of starting to think of, of is we've already seen Finnick Shan trying to get um, Omega. Now it's Cad Bane. So obviously... The Kaminoans are reaching out to bounty hunters. Yep. So I'm thinking Dave Filoni might try to sneak in that Boba Fett Cad Bane duel. Really? If if they're reaching out to the best bounty hunters, it could could come down to a fight over over who, Omega. Who has Omega? Who's gonna get the bounty? And that's what's gonna settle set the <laughs> scene for that Boba, young Boba, and Cad Bane duel. I do think that there's a possibility mm-hmm. that Cad yeah. Bane doesn't survive, that his, this season is his death story, potentially. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Because <laughs> as, as far as I know, like that, that's... That like, scene... Bola kind of takes the mantle from Cad Bane as, like, mm-hmm. the most badass bounty hunter in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I, as far as I know, even though that scene isn't in the episodes or of Clone Wars, that dent in Boba's helmet is canon that he got that from Cad Bane. 
it's canon outside of that unfinished Clone Wars I'm, episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it I think is. so. Yeah, like maybe I think it was like one of maybe one of the like off comics, like the, where they had they had like a comic for like an individual character from like the Age of uh, the Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistant lines. I think they kind of. I think so. It's like it. oh, Dent, Denton Helmet by Cad Bane or some, something like that. Mm-hmm. So as far as I know, that is canon, and we all know Dave Filoni loves Legends material. So, even if that's not canon, it would be considered "quote unquote" legends. Um, and the way we've seen him save some of this material from legends throughout Clone Wars, Rebels, and right. some of Bad Batch as we're going more and more into it, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get that scene. That'd be interesting because they kind of they 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 did a replica of it in this episode with um, Cad Bane and and Hunter. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see them do it again, but do it with Boba. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think that I think that would be kind of uh, close to that uh, that famous thing that keeps Star Wars going is that it's it it's, it's like poetry. poetry, so it rhymes. And and I think it would be kind of cool, like like how they did it with uh, Cad Bane and Hunter. Cad Bane succeeds, and then he tries to do the same exact thing with Boba, but it backfires on him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that would be really, really cool for that to and play out. And Dave Flaney, Flaney, he he's a fanboy, just straight up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he he knows what we want because it's what he wants. Mm-hmm. And he and I'm sure him and he's right. in there behind the scenes work, and he goes, "Yep, that's going in." And I I watched uh, I don't remember what I was listening to. Oh no, it was. A video breakdown of like the entire season of uh, clone, the Clone Wars, like the, how it was set up with George Lucas, Dave Filoni, and them. The whole show. Yeah, like oh. from season one all the way to the end, um, and there was enough material for ten episodes or ten seasons. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get like glimpses of stuff that he's ch- picking out to weave into this. Right. So it certainly seems like that. I mean, it certainly would fit. I mean, he has the creative control to do that. And as long as he does it in a way that it fits with the story, I don't see why he wouldn't Yeah, save the material he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that was a great, great little section. So let's go into ratings. Justin, what would you rate this episode at? Hmm. Well, I think this might be either my second or third favorite episode of uh, The Bad Batch. So um, I'd have to give it a 9.1 out of 10. 9.1. So it's it's very high. Saving that 0.8 for the season finale? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll, uh, wait and see. I mean, a a 10 is possible. So maybe. All right, Aaron. I'd say it's a solid nine out of ten for me. Um, uh, probably one of the probably in the top three of all the episodes so far. It's so hard because I feel like this this the, the first episode was so strong um, mm-hmm. and so good, and I don't think anything has hit that level again. And it probably won't because unless the finale is an hour long or they do something expansive at the end. Um, so it's, I think that it's kind of unfair because all the episodes suffer in comparison to the opening episode, which I thought was just near perfect. Um, but yeah, solid nine out of ten for me. Um, I think the last two episodes 
are right in that nine out of ten, like in our like epic like Star Wars moments, like the whole you know record Wrecker's chip being flipped, um, and then in this episode, um, getting Crosshair coming back, uh, full in full like kill kill mode, um, and then the Cad Bane, and that, that there was epic plot twists and turns here. So solid nine out of ten for me. I am saving my tens for tens, and I think it's probably going to be later. Like, so we'll see. Nice. <clears throat> I'm I'm in agreement. <coughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, eight, eight and a half, nine. Uh, great storytelling. Great. Still working on on that character development throughout this episode. Um, and just seeing what what I want to see in Star Wars. So yeah, I'm gonna save my ten till vader shows up in the season finale i'm gonna call it right now when vader shows up i'm going to cry and i'm gonna say there's my 10 so (laughs) until then this is going to get a nine so are we are we so is that a that's an interesting thing to to bring up i think it's kind of fun to like to like so you're 100 percent. vader shows up in this series vader shows up okay justin are you 100 percent? vader shows up no. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. what, what, you, what is your percentage man. percentage odds that Vader shows up at the end? Or somewhere. I mean, obviously close to the end. Since... Oof. Um, I want to say a 60 because I feel like a, I'm, just, I'm just wondering at what point does Lucasfilm kind of catch on that the uh, Vader showing up at the end is going to be now a uh um what's the word i'm looking for like a like a cliche like a cliche like when are they going to be aware that it's going to be a cliche because it's happened uh i think twice twice now uh in like since disney acquired it it happened in rogue one (laughs) it happened and it also happened in jedi fallen order so uh, and it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I won't. I won't argue that it was that it, they there were fun moments and great ones at that. Um, there's nothing but, I like better than seeing Vader roll in, top tier badass, and then just strike fear in everyone. Like when he jumped down, and then after he just casually flings um, the Jedi Master Lady and. Fallen Order. Then he turns to Cal Kestis and goes, "You would be wise to surrender." He goes, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I just love it. I love it. I love Vader. Anything Vader, and Dave Filoni knows how to do it. So I, I want to see yeah. a Camino hallway scene with Vader. I think that. I mean, I think that. Um, obviously, from a timeline perspective, and a storytelling perspective, bringing Vader in would make total sense i mean he's vader in the timeline um he is the when you know uh the enforcer of palpatine and tarkin um although this is early in the empire so maybe not maybe he's not as as connected to tarkin as he although he was even in revenge of the sith he's there with tarkin and right away but i think that it would i think it would make sense i think if they did it it wouldn't be like inappropriate or like oh f- like you know you shoehorned him in it would i think if they do it right which i think they can then i think it makes sense and because of that i think it's like 80 90 chance he is going to show up like because there isn't really any reason not to bring him in other than to like 
just make a point of not bringing him in. Like we're just going to not acknowledge Vader at all in this season or this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably going to be pretty hard to resist. And if they haven't, if they are going to bring him in, they have done a really good job of completely like we don't have no hint that he is. There's nothing that indicates that he is, which is great because then that way, if it does happen, we'll be like, whoa, there you go. Yep. And if we, if we don't get a Boba Fett <clears throat> coming in for like the, let's just, let's just say clone vote on Camino because he's too young. Like that's how it is in the Battlefront game, which would make sense. He's right. still a teenager at this point, but throwing Vader. He, he, I mean, it's perfect. Right. Even if you were to take in, like I had mentioned last time with the, the Rise of Darth Vader novel, when he takes out the rebellious commandos. commandos. Right. It fits in good with the timeline. It, it would fit perfectly with this TV show because Tar- Tarkin le- already left Kamino. He gave command to the... Clu- Rappaport or, or yeah. whatever. Rampart. Yeah, Rampart. 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 So if you were to tie in that Rise of Darth Vader book, <clears throat> that would have been the moment where Vader teams up with Tarkin to attack Kashyyyk because there's a rogue group of Jedi there. So that would be the first connection with Tarkin and Vader. So that could be like, after that, Vader goes to Kamino. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a high probability and I think it would work. I think it would fit. I think it wouldn't come across as like forced or fan servicey. But I could see where they might not want to do it because of what Justin's like, you know, like if you keep punctuating things with Vader, then it's like, okay, like, you know. And if they did a hallway scene, that might be too on the nose. As much as I'd <laughs> love to see that, like have him just like slice and dice like a whole battalion of clone troopers. Well, you you uh, had mentioned um the Camino which are gonna get destroyed right well i think they're i mean i think there's definitely gonna be yeah i i, I mean think, yeah. vader coming in there just force choking camino wins and chucking them across oh, the that room would be so i don't know if i want to see those long necks getting force choked but maybe i don't know that would be like that'd be a lot Yikes. of lot of surface area to force choke there <laughs> i mean we we could get everything I think like, I think that I think that it, uh, what I what I what I really like is that this this episode um, just sets up like like so many different ways that they can tell the rest of the story, and that's what I love. I, I, Star Wars is storytelling, and I'm like, there's just so many ways they could tell the story, and I'm looking forward to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if they throw Vader in there, icing on the cake. The more the merrier. Yeah. Throw that icing on, baby. Yeah. Dave Filoni, if you're listening, I want a lot of icing. <laughs> If they don't Ooh. bring in Vader, then they have to. Who are they going to bring in? Top, right, like, top it off yeah. somehow creatively. I, I'm for that. The only but, other um, quote yeah, unquote force users are the Inquisitors, but they're not officially yeah, established. Yeah, they're not. Right, yeah. I hope they don't do that. But so I'd rather see Vader than just like the Inquisitors just kind of show up. Yeah. Oh, there's Inquisitors. Here they are. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up for this episode of uh, Trench Run Report. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. May the Force be with you. Always. Greetings, listeners and fellow Star Wars fans. This is your host, Justin Gray, and you're listening to the Trench Run Report. Here with me are my fellow co-hosts... David Yoda Brooklander, standing by. Aaron Russo, standing by. Sean McCannelly, standing by. And today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 9 of The Bad Batch. 
Disclaimer, we're going into full detail, so if you haven't watched the episode we're covering, I would highly recommend that you do so before listening to this segment. So to start off, Aaron is going to give us a brief recap of the episode. And after that, we'll kind of go around the circle, so to speak, and in each talk about our individual likes and dislikes. All right, so this episode is called Bounty Lost. And the episode starts with uh, Omega in custody, I guess you'd say, or captured by Cad Bane. Uh, Crosshair is pursuing the Bad Batch, and they safely escape through hyperspace. Um, And then we spend most of the rest of the episode uh, following Omega. Uh, Omega is on Cad Bane's ship. Um, She uh, successfully uh, convinces Cad's um, droid Toto to let her out of her little cell to fix his leg. And then she successfully escapes from his ship. Then they land on, I think it's Bor Vito, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and then in the process of trying to recapture uh, Omega, we get the showdown between Cad Bane and Fennec Shand, who shows up to uh, intercept Omega and the bounty that Cad Bane was going to collect. Um, and Omega is successfully recovered by the Bad Batch by the end of the episode. There's other details in there, but we'll save that for the discussion. Um, but that's kind of the main storyline. So at the beginning, uh, Omega is captured, is in custody with Cad Bane. She escapes and is eventually recovered by the Bad Batch. So that's kind of the episode in a nutshell. So we will be going over likes and dislikes. So we'll just go around uh, the table, starting with uh, David, and then kind of go uh, uh, clockwise. Uh, so what were your likes and uh, dislikes? Uh, overall, <clears throat> I thought it was a very, very good episode. Um, love the character of Cad Bane. So being able to see him um, really just kind of expand on kind of what he's been doing since the Clone Wars. Um, a lot of good storytelling, honestly. Um, aside from the action, it was a lot of deep storytelling. Um, going into what makes Omega so special... Um, a lot of good fighting scenes between Shand and Cad Bane um, to start out yeah, with the gunfight kind of talk back and forth and it gets into the fist fighting and hand to hand combat mm-hmm. um, so there's a, a good mixture of it throwing a couple explosives and thermal detonators and yeah it was very well put together um, honestly I don't think I have too many dislikes um, overall thought it was very well um a lot of detail that were that was put into it, um, but I'll kind of keep that short for now. Hmm, okay. Um, all right. So I will be uh, going over my likes and dislikes of the episode. Um, first of all, um, love to have Cad Bane back. And um, did, is was it just me or did anybody else notice that there was like a big metal thing on his head? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Maybe they're just maybe they're confirming that the fight with Boba Fett happened, and he's the one that got shot in the head there. Yeah, <laughs> instead of Boba Fett. That, that's kind of what I've seen on the internet too. Different so, theories I feel like that Boba yeah. would be still yeah, so young I, for that to have. Well, that, that was like thirteen or something. Yeah, that was gonna be in the Clone Wars at one point or or another. Um, but yeah, it just never uh, showed up. 
So, but um, yeah, and I also liked uh, Toto in there. He was he was pretty funny, and I kind of I knew he was going to be the gullible one to mess up somehow. Um, and I also really liked that one scene, like where Omega looks at the landing platform, looks at him like floating up. And this is like later on in the episode, but um, and then she jumps on top of him, and they kind of, they both kind of just slowly go down. I I have a hard time believing Cad but, Bane could put up with that droid's personality for long. Like they do not match each other, and that would drive me crazy. If I was like, if I was Cad Bane, I'd be so annoyed by a droid like that. <laughs> I mean, to, not to butt in real quick, but oh, that's uh, fine. with with Toto, I'm surprised he didn't blow up like he did in the Clone War. Okay, mm-hmm. put put the bomb on him and sent him into the Jedi Temple. <laughs> so that that kind of like so there's another question too. Yeah, that's that's gonna probably sidetracked us a bit. Is like why did he like um, re reprogram like a different Toto with the same like mind frame as the first one? I mean, yeah, probably just be but, the, that's oh. the iOS or the the operating system of the, of the droid that he just keeps putting in new droids. Mm-hmm. I don't know, or maybe that's something that he kind of likes like as far as like company i don't know says something about his character i guess um anyway um uh, another thing that i liked is uh how they how what david said like how they kind of dug into um like the like what made omega so important like the alpha and omega with the alpha being uh boba which was kind of cool um which kind of begs the question begs like one certain question but i feel like i can save that for like speculation uh mm-hmm. like speculation part of uh, this episode but um uh the the fighting was pretty fun okay i guess this is a good time to go into dislikes because um, this one did kind of bother me a bit and i and looking around like the star wars fandom i i, I guess i wasn't the only one is that like how easily fennec shan was able to beat cad bane in some instances I mean, I guess they kind of did balance it here or there. But you're talking about a bounty hunter that fought against uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that, was a pro- and that was a problem for even Kenobi himself. Um, but you have somebody that's kind of inexperienced as far as bounty hunting. And then she goes up against Cad Bane and then like, well, outbeats him in a way. You got to also <clears throat> excuse me, remember, but... <clears throat> it's a totally different style of fighting. <clears throat> when you're fighting Jedi compared to hand-to-hand combat with someone who doesn't have the force, it's a totally different setup. So, <clears throat> kind of like with Mandalorians, where their whole, I guess you say, weapon loadout that they have is designed to f- fight force users. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty similar to what Cad Bane has. He's got his jet, jet or his rockets in his boots. Mandalorians have jetpacks. He's got his gauntlets with tech and flamethrowers. Mando has that too. Django, Boba, um, so it it levels the playing field a little bit when you take the force or the force user out of the equation, if that makes sense. So if you're going, so Fennec Shand, let's just say Fennec Shand has, let's just say jujitsu. Cad Bane has maybe jujitsu plus boxing or something like that. So he might have more experience, but it still it still almost levels that playing field. Does that make sense? Uh, kind, kind of, of, kind of, but still kind of seems a. But we know we know his background, and we don't know hers know. as much. Yeah. So and we also know Cad Bane's 
more known for his fast drawn shooting. Yeah. Where if you take everything out of the equation as far as blasters, quick draw, because that that's what he's best at. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. quick draw like first that shot? Close in hand to hand, face to face. Yep. And once you get into that range, it's a little more of a level playing field. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I guess that kind of answers some of my questions, but still, it wasn't my favorite part of the episode. Um, but it did make it feel better. Thank you, David. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another thing, but this is just personal, and I would like to kind of, uh, okay, now I was going to say take our hats off in respect, but I guess there's only two people here wearing hats. Metaphorically. Yeah. yeah. So, um, poor Tanwi. She didn't yeah. need to go out like that. It did her dirty. Yeah. Um, she, she's the one that met Obi-Wan at the mm-hmm. platform. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll talk about the legend side later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I've got it in my notes. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was, I was kind of, I, I thought something was going to, I was kind of secretly hoping for a death in this one, but hers kind of just <laughs> came right the heck out of nowhere. Though they did say that they were going to send her instead of uh, the um, uh, medical assistant on Camino. So, okay. I mean, it didn't somewhat come out on over, but it kind of did at the same time. What's her name again? Is it Nalase? Nalase, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was kind of sad but at the same time, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of just a weird death that came that just happened. Um, and uh, like. Then there's, like, one last thing, um, but I don't think it's, like, a super huge problem for me, is that I'm wondering if the Bad Batch will continue with the um, story of, like, um, Omega, like, being in the Bad Batch being on the run, or are they just going to go back to Sid with another side quest Mm. for Mm. the next episode? I'm kind of hoping that they go back to cro- like the Crosshair and the Kaminoans and like the I'm kind of exploring the Empire uh, methods growing into the um, uh, military as as it mm-hmm. like I think in a the way. Next episode is called War Mantle. War Mantle, or maybe not. I mean, I'm being wrong about huh. that. But I know there was an episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I haven't kept track of like what's next. I'm, I'm kind of going into this uh, a bit blind and I'm trying to stay away from like leaks and speculations if I can so but yeah um, with that said let's go to uh, Sean's likes and uh, dislikes yeah so I thought this was a pretty exciting episode um, had twists I didn't really see coming uh, I liked seeing some of the the step back picture of like what's going on with the kind of the meta plot of this so you see, like, Lama Su has one agenda, and Nala Se has a different agenda, which seems to be more personal. She's almost like a mother figure for Omega, who's she's probably raised since a baby. Um, so we get a lot of what's going on there, and they both hire bounty hunters. And it took, it took longer than I'm willing to admit um, that, Cad, well, I think Cad Bane and Fennec Shand are not fighting over they're all, they're fighting over her over Omega, but for different reasons. And I didn't trust at first 
um, like what was what she, what Fennec Shand was telling Omega in the Vat room. Um, I was like, she's just doing this to get her like she's just underhanded underhanded and she'll say anything to anyone to get her prize right that's her tactic because she's not probably as strong as like you know another species like she has to kind of deceive you into it so i i didn't know if i could trust what she was saying that like look he wanted to take you there i'm gonna I, i'm gonna keep you from that uh keep you safe or like you have like she's in it for a different reason and you have to trust me and it's like why would we do that um because she kind of stole her the first time which i don't know if she was trying to get her back that way then too like they're making Fennec Shand a sort of a hero in that sense like she's she's if my kids were like are they a good guy good guy or bad guy I would say I guess a good guy right like she's she's trying to do something for I mean it's a job but she's trying to she wasn't hired by the other one to kill her or bring her back to be terminated right um which I thought was interesting um and then of course you have this the background of that Boba and Omega are really Alpha and Omega. They're the two original clones of Jango Fett, and then all the other clones came from a strand, uh, from some other strand, and that one's weak. And so they don't know where Boba Fett is in the universe, but they know where Omega is, and they need her for something, um, presumably to make more clones or um, make a Palpatine or who knows what. <laughs> um, I also, it was interesting, we saw the vat, the vat room, and what looks like a Snoke falling onto Fennec Shand, right? It really looked like a Snoke, but I think it's a, uh, I think it's like a, the, whatever species the Kaminoans are, or a version of them, or, or like a botched experiment on a, a Kaminoan, but it, it really had, it really looked like, like Snoke, mm -hmm. um, like a Snoke prede predecessor clone or something. Or, I, I don't know if they're making a connection there, there or not. Um, and then, two with, so. yeah, I mean, like in the Mandalorian, the, the scientist had the, he had the logo right from the Kaminoan cloners at that point it was an imperial thing so I think it is connected it's not just co coincidental but um, like I guess I I didn't like her I was like actually kind of surprised that they so quickly reunified Omega with bad with the Bad Batch um, I guess I thought that was gonna be the like the multi-episode arc coming up after last week so they kind of tied that right up and we're kind of back to where we were which is I still don't know what the Bad Batch is positively trying to do. They're negatively trying to prevent, you know, anyone from getting them or getting her captured and going to Camino. But what are they like? Are they just gonna play play the cat or play the mouse in this cat and mouse thing, or are they ever gonna like? What are they? What are they even trying to do, right? Um, other than play defense, um, I guess I thought like when she almost crashed her escape pod, I was half expecting to see the slave two and Boba Fett. Um, arrive at that time. I think we're going to see Boba Fett um, because of the, the connection they just made with Omega. We're going to see him at some point, I think. But I, I guess I, I didn't... I didn't... I was like, oh, really? They got her? Okay, so they got her back, like, right right then. Right then and there. You know, like, within one episode. I guess I thought it was... I was expecting a multi-arc, we got to get her back thing. But it kind of resolved itself right away, so... Alrighty. Well, uh, now we'll uh, finish off the likes and dislikes with uh, Aaron's opinions. Yeah, I think this was another, obviously, in my mind, really strong episode. Uh, I think that this show is really hitting its stride, like, big time. Um, I think it's really interesting um, that <clears throat> when we talk about likes and dislikes, and there really isn't hasn't been much to dislike now for quite a few episodes. Um, things I really liked about this episode... 
I loved the, I think for me, the coolest part of it was the re revelation that the Kaminoans are divided and that uh, Fennec was actually, even when we saw her in the previous episode that she was in, she was, we, 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 we were, it was confirmed that she was working for the Kaminoans, mm -hmm. but we didn't know that she was working for a particular Kaminoan mm -hmm. yeah. to save Omega, mm -hmm. whereas the other Kaminoan is very... Uh, Trying to save much, the business. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the most ominous moments when that, when, when Lama Sue says, when Omega comes back, we put her in the basement, get what you need from her, and then terminate her. And it was like, dang. And just showed like the kind of like who the Kaminoans really are, which I never really, we never really got that much confirmation. They're just kind of like, not cool. Like, they're pretty cold. Mm -hmm. um, Legends. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's good. I like that. And I really liked how that's, that added just an interesting wrinkle to the story. Because up to that point, we were just thinking... Cad Bane and Fennec Shand were both working for the Kaminoans, competing to capture Omega to bring her back for their purposes. But actually, one of them is actually hiring Fennec to keep Omega from getting back to Kamino. And I love that that twist. I thought that was great. And I think along the lines of what you said, Dave, like this storytelling was just right on point in this mm -hmm. episode. Like, and the the depth of storytelling about you know, like the. The revelation that she's an unaltered clone like Boba Fett, the the whole thing with the Kaminoans and the and the bounty hunters, um, I think it was definitely important. Even though it was a really small part, but like, if there was any speculation, because people were speculating, like, oh, did Crosshair's inhibitor chip get like mm -hmm. weakened from whatever happened in the previous episode? Clearly not. He's still trying to kill them. Yeah. At the end, at the beginning of the episode, and he's very aggressively pursuing them. So I think that um, this episode just did a really good job of continuing to, to tell the story and keep us in the story, which is what I, I really have been enjoying in this, the last few episodes. Um, obviously loved the, all the, from the moment that, um, that Omega is running around in those cloudy hallways and then Cad Bane shows up and then you hear and I thought, I thought for sure when, when you heard the shots and that Tanwi was dead, I thought Boba was yeah. going to be there. But I liked that Fennec Shan showed up, and I loved the twist that that revealed. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved the shootouts and the hand to hand, all that, all that stuff between her and Cad Bane. I thought was was very good action. And Cad really Bane had so many good tricks up his sleeve or on his oh, feet. Cad like, Bane is just. Very he's, I didn't know he had a flamethrower. He has the jetpack things. He's and, yeah. he's he's just a. I mean, he's, he's like one of those characters that he's one of those characters that's just like so. You know, like there's a, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, there's a part of me that doesn't like Cad Bane just because he's so on the nose, the Western Cowboy, gunslinger. Yeah. yeah. But actually, that I love that. Like I, I love that he's just like, like they actually like, they almost like take you out of Star Wars whenever he's on the screen. You're like, like the music changes to like yeah. another genre and. The way he looks and talks and the toothpick. You expect like, a uh, tumbleweed to come by. Yeah, like it's yeah. so on point and it's, I think it's really entertaining. But then at the same time, like he's a total badass, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's like, he is almost like a, like a fet, the Mandalorian type of, type of character. But, um, so I loved all that. I just thought it was, it was a strong episode overall. Um, don't really have any dislikes. Um, yeah, I just don't know that there was, there was never really any time when, 
I was disliking it. Maybe a little bit like the scenes between Omega and Toto, which I don't know, is that supposed to be like a riff on The Wizard of Oz or no? Toto? It's Toto, I think, but Right, maybe. but like it sure sounds like Toto yeah, yeah. and then Cad Bane is like this West I don't know. Anyway. Um, I thought they were setting it up where like he would like the droid was gonna flip on Cad Bane because she was like, Oh well, you know, he doesn't treat you well or whatever. Like she was kind of doing the win friends and influence people routine on him, you know? Well, I think, and, I think it was interesting. Like I, I've heard people say that like, uh, like, cause like Cad Bane is clearly like he, he treats Toto like shit. Toto! It's like, mm-hmm. you're just a droid. Right. And like, and like contrasting that with like L3 from solo, who's like, you know, <laughs> clamoring for droid rights, which, and, and I, I, I love, which I loved. I love that whole thing. <laughs> and like the way she acts when she's freeing all the droids at the, at the mining. Thing. Their personality was turned up to 11. <laughs> But I, I think maybe if there was anything I didn't like, maybe maybe the scenes between Toto and Omega were a little just, eh. Like, it was like, okay, like the little banter between a kid and a little an annoying droid. I could take or leave that. Um, but it was how she got she got off of Cad Bane's ship. So but that's it for me. Alrighty, so before we get into speculations, uh, we'll go around the table again uh, with ratings on a scale of uh, 1 to 10. Uh, starting with David, what would you give this episode? Oh boy, um, I would probably have to give this an eight, eight and a half. Uh, story again, storytelling was great. The visuals were great. Uh, Aaron, you had mentioned like how the the daylight and the fog in that building really added like a really cool element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, storytelling, yeah. There's, I'd give it yeah eight, eight and a half. Hmm. Okay. Um, for me, I would give it a good 8.1. I mean, I did enjoy it. Um, I think, like, there were some minor things that I kind of, um, didn't agree with, but, but it still didn't, like, hurt the episode overall. But, um, yeah, I think that's kind of a, uh, good, good place to put it in my, in my book. So, uh, well, how about you, Sean? Yeah, I agree. Eight. This is, uh, probably top five, but not top three right now. So... Uh, it is a definite rewatch on a rewatch because of both the action and then the plot twist, the plot development. Um, but it was cool, cool hand-to-hand action. Um, there's always some some action in, in every episode, but this was it's fun. Just it's always fun to see two bounty hunters going at it, and you're just like transported back to your sandbox as a kid. Just that's you just mash them together as action figures, and that's kind of what, what they get to do. They're like, I can't believe you get paid to animate this. <laughs> this <is> awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all the people are just, yeah, that, that's got to be fun. Yeah, I would, I'd say for me, I would say I'd be in the eight and a half range. I think that the reason why I don't go to a nine is because this, the, this episode is really very small in terms of just like mm-hmm. how much time passes and what we see. It's just, it's very small. We get a very small window of time that we cover. Um, There's not a lot of jumping around. Um, I could almost give it a nine because of how much I think they added to the storytelling and and how I think it just really sets up. I feel like every episode that we're watching just makes me more and more like, what, where are they going? How is this gonna end? What is going on? Um, So yeah, I would say eight and a half out of 10 solid episode um this show continues to exceed expectations i have for me just it's just consistently good i think it's it's as good or better than a lot of clone wars 
that we've seen. All right, so now we're getting to the fun part, which is speculation. So, um, all right, let's uh, dive right into it. Um, first of all, uh, it's kind of super. It's kind of super weird that like we're we're like this podcast has like made a weird thing about like uh, the speculation about Omega being pickled to Exegol, and like now we, we got, have like pretty pickled cool. We've people. got the jars. Yeah, that's yeah, what I said. All we need is Omega. I watched the sneak peek and text, you know, on the messaging. I was like. I don't know, man. Aaron said Omega and Vats, and I see Omega and I see Vats in this preview. I'll tell you, when, 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 Hunter says to, when Hunter says to her at the end of the episode, I'll never let yeah. you go back to Camino. We're going it's back like, to Camino. We're going oh, back oh, to Camino. Oh, Come on. I'm like, I promise. we're so close. Oh, don't promise the kid that. Yeah. Maybe she won't end up in a jar. They're going to have but, to go back for some reason, you're right. I and, think, so along those lines, right, in light of speculation, what I think is becoming increasingly hard to do is speculate about what is going to happen to Omega. Mm-hmm. Because we don't mm-hmm. have, she has no, like, forwards, like, we don't, this isn't a prequel story. We don't know who she is at all. Um, she's clearly, like, they made it, they they made it explicitly clear in this episode, like, she is an unaltered clone of Jango Fett, one of only two in the universe. That's that's all 100% verified from the episode. Or we're made to think it is. Well, I think okay, so, but, that so could at be this like point, but at this point we can't misinformation. We can only speculate on that. Mm-hmm. I don't see why I don't see a compelling reason for that to be a misdirect. I mean, Echo says this is from my studies of her genetic yeah, makeup. True. Or text says that. Or, yeah. Um, but I think I think I think. Um, an interesting thing, though, is that does that rule out, in terms of speculation, does that rule out any force sensitivity? I'd say yeah. more than likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. more than likely. So then Omega's significance is exclusively in the realm of, because the Kaminoans... She's the MacGuffin. And the Kaminoans want her back so that they can use her to make... Better clones. Really good clones to convince the Empire yeah. to... Well, we know the end of that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer is no. For one reason. So whatever another. they're going to do with it with Omega, whether they're successful or not, the Empire is not going to buy the clones. So it's not going to work out. So I think the compelling thing, which I'm sure David is always hoping is true, is that right? We we know that the end. We know the one thing we do know. We can speculate with certainty is the Empire will prevail. <laughs> right? Yep. The Empire at the end of the story will prevail. The Kaminoans will lose. They will not use clones, and uh, blah blah blah. So right. So somehow or another, the, the Empire ends up, whatever you know, wiping out the cloning yeah. production. Um, although we do get this remnant, like this Doctor Pershing, so some kind of cloning. Well, yeah, when the Empire takes it survives. over, they keep all the tech and stuff. That's what, that's what I think. I think that I think that. I think that the Priority important thing is, is just that cloning is going to be this, the thread, right? Because they, mm-hmm. what they did in Rise of Skywalker forces them to have to yeah. keep that cloning thread all the way. And they yep. have that in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That's why they need the child, right? And so right. on. Yeah, it's all there. So that in that regard, like, Filoni is in cahoots with uh, the, the, the debacle that is the sequels to, <laughs> to, to make that make sense. And he did it with Clone Wars, so... You know, I think I yeah. think he's already doing a good job of like making us, you know, be curious about that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, just just to um, uh, backtrack on uh, something uh, something that I said earlier about uh, Tan Wee, uh, David uh, uh, mentioned that uh, she, about her in Legends, and I'm kind of curious because, like, outside of uh, the Boba Fett uh, novels that I grew up reading um there wasn't really much outside of that as far as the character so like did she like meet her demise in the eu that i don't know about or i'm not excuse me i don't remember if she met her demise but i do remember after the yuzhong vong invasion boba fett actually tracks her down because he's starting to have tissue degeneration and he finds finds her um, don't remember if she was able to fix him, but I, that's that's what I remember is that in those books, he was starting to have uh, tissue degeneration because he was a clone. He remembered Tan Wee, and he was able to locate her and ask for help. Okay, so she like survives like she the survives whole the after, empire. Yep. Like wow. Huh. Yep. Okay. So, but uh, yep, the uh, yeah, she's uh, Tan Wee's here. And gone. And gone. So <laughs> I had trouble keeping track of who was who. So I thought that was actually the other one that died. Oh. Not the male, but the other uh, Nala Say. I thought that's who yeah. it was. I, I forgot think... that they, because I, I can't keep them straight. I don't know who they were. Who, I, who's, who was the errand boy? I couldn't tell, right? I couldn't remember. Right. When the three of them were talking, they were like, they all look the same to me. I don't know who's who. You shouldn't name play I, or something. I, I was, I was, I was, <laughs> that was a really, it, it, was a, it was an interesting, like, when, <laughs> Just being honest here, when 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 they showed her dead, I kind of laughed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, you. I was like, I was like, oh, they killed her. Jeez, <laughs> like, because like, like, she was never really an important character. I mean, no, really. no, she yeah, wasn't. she's useless in Lego Star Wars. That's she's, for sure. She's just, a, she's she just, just a, walks around. She's just yeah. a hostess. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of like that droid on the Trade Federation ship. I am TC fourteen. Were you like, beginning to think like, we you were? And then, and then they gave her a death them, scene. They gave her <laughs> a death. They didn't even give Akbar a death scene. They gave oh, Tan Wee a death dirty. scene. Like, like I don't know what that was all about, but. But like I mean, it gives us Cad Bane is not, he's a villain, like he kill he kills right. Well, Fennec Shan killed her. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was and bad. and and that I think I think someone mentioned something about Fennec Shan. Like it's like I think we I think we what, what's clear about Fennec Shan is that I don't think she's a good I don't think she's a good guy. She just happened to be hired for a job where yeah. she doesn't have to kill the kid or take the kid. To yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just a kidnapping, not a murder. Right, right. It's like, right. I'm just trying, I'm here to kidnap you to protect <laughs> you. But if they had hired me to bring you back and terminate yes. you, I would do the job for as sure. well. Yeah, I can At least see that's that. my impression. If Lama Su had, had skipped Cad Bane and gone to, to her first, yeah. then she would have taken that job probably. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. then, but then again, who knows? Because in The Mandalorian, I thought the impression... We got when we were introduced to Fennec Shand in the Mandalorian was that she was a ruthless killer. Yeah, she she was one of the other. I mean, remember because everyone got the bounty, and he like once he got once he got the child, then all the other bounty hunters are after him because they all got mm-hmm. the same chip, and she was one of them. And eventually tracks him down in Tatooine, not not earlier, right? That's how she finds him. Is was she she was tracking Mandalorian? Yeah, through, she was or tracking the target. Well, she trackers. she had a bounty on her, right? Fennec, Fennec Shan was never. I don't think she was ever so, pursuing Grogu. No, oh, okay. but she knows about it. 
Like she knows about like the um, she knows about Mando and like what happened on Navarro, and she does use that knowledge to her advantage. That's right, because um, they're on that like ridge together right. for a while. But I think I think that she's she's um, she is looking out for Omega's best interest in this episode, and she can be trusted. But that's because that's what she's getting paid to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she even might have implied like, well, if you tell me to do something different i'll do something different if you pay me yep you know yep which is cool i, I like that i like that bounty hunters are interesting that way it's yeah like, right? it's like well, this is the job mm-hmm. you know like, just doing my job and it, did you, do you guys have any speculation at this point about now i, I feel like i heard somewhere that there is going to be a season two hmm now, um, if there is going to be a season two, do you think the entire Bad Batch survives, including Crosshair? No. No? I, I feel entire, like somebody has to go yeah, out. Not the entire this one. season. Like, like, not not that get, I'd want that. We get Crosshair back with the, the Himbert chip out, but we lose Wrecker on the way or something. Like, you really? You think we get Crosshair back and he survives the season and one of the good Batch goes down? Like, that would be... That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, if there is a season two, I don't know if they're gonna. Can they can they transplant who the bad batch is? Is it does it have to be these guys, or can it be some other um, crew of people that are a bad bad mix of people? <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I think I that, think that, that we already know, but they can rearrange it to be. I think somebody on the bad batch, whether it's Crosshair or someone else, dies heroically. Yeah, I think my money. Based on the fact that the guy who does the music said that he was crying, Record. like if I, th- yeah, I yeah. don't know that any other character dying would make me really sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, unless I they're mean, all of them, all of them. If record, <laughs> record dying would be like the yeah. saddest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So maybe it's record. Yeah. Record crosshair, or both. I I I don't know. I just I it's. It's. It all depends on if this is a, if this is a one season. If this is a limited series, a one season and done, I think there's a good chance that they all die. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that this has legs to go further. Oh yeah. Alrighty. So that will be it for uh, um, Bad Batch meetings episode. Um, if you liked that, you can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and uh, if you want to hear more material from Trent Trend Report, you can find us on Spotify, Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, or any other uh, podcasting platforms. And until then, uh, may the force be with you. Always. Always.